Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in an amazing series on the Psalms, these inspired scripture songs, some 3,000 years old, some maybe 2,500 years old, but sung by believers down through the ages, giving words of hope and counsel, telling us how to live as God's people in these last days of Earth's history. We're glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School today. Our topic today, singing the Lord's song in a strange land. Stay with us. Welcome to the team. Good to see you again. Turn and smile at your person sitting next to you. We represent people from around the world. We've got some remotes with us too. Haiti, good to see you again. Glad you're part of our remote team. Leah, great to have you with us. And Nicholas, great to have you with us today as we continue our study. We are also very excited to have you with us. By the way, I've got a special gift for you. Remind me if I forget here. But here are some notes from people around the world, part of our Hope Sabbath School family. We've got about 200 countries represented in our Hope Sabbath School family. Collins writes, from Zambia, we have a lot of Hope Sabbath School members there. Collins writes and says, here are some things I appreciate about Hope Sabbath School. Listen carefully. The clarity in explaining biblical passages and how they're connected to our lives today. Amen. The family spirit that exists among the brothers and sisters on the panel. Yeah. We actually like each other. (laughs) (laughs) And the genuine dedication to the Word of God seen in various testimonies. All ends with hallelujah. Hallelujah. My favorite Hebrew word. Well, thanks, Collins, for writing to us from the beautiful country of Zambia. Here's a note from Kenneth in Canada. And this one really touched me. Kenneth says, I'm writing from British Columbia. I was baptized in 1980, Mm. but fell hard in 1998. Overdosed, died twice in Vancouver hospitals, died on the street in Kelowna from gang violence. Police officer revived me with CPR. Mm. I called on the Lord and he heard my cry. Now I'm completely healed. Today I'm a deacon in my church, Sabbath school superintendent, and I use Hope Sabbath School for ideas, scriptures, and encouraging testimonies when I teach. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my desperate cry, and thank you for Hope Sabbath School. Praise God. Wow, thank you so much for writing to us, Kenneth. What an amazing testimony of God's grace. You know, we, we ought to capture that on, on a video testimony. Amen. That's a powerful story. Thank you for sharing with us. Here's a note from a donor in South Carolina here in the United States of America. And we don't mention names. The person writes and says, here is my monthly contribution mm. to support the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Thank you. I like what John wrote after he'd seen and recorded all the visions in the book of Revelation. He wrote, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Kind regards and a gift of $69. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you so much, donor from South Carolina. You know who you are. We're glad you're part of our impact partners. And if you'd like to help us, wherever you are, 
Just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the donate button, or get an address and send us a letter. We're glad you can be part of this global ministry. One last note, I thought of writing to Sandy. In fact, I probably should because she just said, I, I live on a remote island mm. in the Pacific Ocean. And of course, being curious, I want to know what it's called. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy writes, Hope Sabbath School, for enlightening us on God's Word every week. It really helps me a lot in my work. I'm watching from a remote island in the Pacific where there are no Sabbath-keeping Christians. Mm. I'm the only one to witness for Jesus simply by keeping His Sabbath holy. God bless your ministry, Sandy. Amen? Amen. Well, Sandy, write back to us, would you, and let us know what the name of that remote island is. And and I'm praying there are other followers of Jesus there who will be blessed by your witness regarding God's Holy Sabbath. Well, before we sing our theme song, I have a special gift for you. If you were with us early in the series, my wife actually came out and waved and (laughs) said, I've got a special gift, six trilogy scripture songs from the Psalms for this series on the Psalms, including our theme song from Psalm 105. Actually, there's Psalm 9, 27, 42, 105, 134, and 139. Don't worry, it's all there. If you just go to hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift tab, and you can download your six scripture songs that can bless your life and share it with those around you. One of those is our theme song for this series from Psalm 105. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name. Let's sing it together. to hear you sing. You know, I used to say, do we have to sing? And the Spirit rebuked me and said, it's not about you, it's about me, right? When we sing in the Spirit, uh, people are blessed. And isn't it amazing to think that there's people around the world, even on remote islands in the Pacific, who are walking around going, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Let's call upon His name right now as we study together about singing the Lord's song Mm. 
in a strange land. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're excited to study your word today. It is indeed a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. These inspired scripture songs that have been gathered for our blessing, I pray that you would guide as we study together today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're starting in Psalm 137, and I want someone to read for us verse 4. Psalm 137, Puya, would you begin our study with verse 4? Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Psalm 137, verse 4. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Mm. So, anybody know the context of the writing of this psalm? We've learned already that not all of the psalms are written by David, David, David. right? We know that. Many of them are, perhaps even a majority, but you've got Solomon and Moses and the sons of Korah, and you've got Asaph, and then you've got Ethan, don't forget him and Heman, right? But uh, what about the historical context of this, Scott? Yeah, this psalm was written during the exile in Babylon by so, an anonymous author. Okay, so this can't be David then, right? right. David was 400 plus years before that, mm-hmm. right? In fact, this may be the latest of the Psalms. Okay, so did you know that in the Septuagint, the heading says, from Jeremiah? Mm. Mm. But that doesn't make sense, Sean, because where was Jeremiah when, when the captives were taken to Babylon? Right, Jeremiah's not even in the area. I believe at this time he's over in Egypt by now. Well, or still still in uh, Judah, right? Yes. But eventually, you're right, he right. goes he down to, to Egypt. Egypt. But he never goes over to Babylon, does no. he? To that strange land. So that's interesting. The Septuagint says, for David, by Jeremiah. It's like, okay. <laughs> Maybe, Scott, you're right. We don't know for sure. But we do know the setting, mm-hmm. right? It's during the Babylonian exile. Um, let's go back to verse 1. And Haiti, if you could read verse 1 for us. We're in Psalm 137. We've determined <laughs> it's anonymous order inspi- anonymous author inspired by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? right? Because it became part of this collection guided by the Spirit. But read verse 1 for us, Haiti. All right, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Ah, well, now we do know the location, right? Mm -hmm. It was, we said, maybe it was Egypt. No, it's not that foreign land. It's Babylon. Right. Okay. Why are they weeping? What do you think? Anybody have an idea? Chelsea, what do you think they're weeping? I mean, I can only imagine... Like you said, they're a long way from home, but not just that they're on vacation or anything. But they, they were... Prisoners of war, yes, right? Yes, they were taken right. from their home. Right. Okay. They witnessed such destruction of their home. Ah. Ah. Um, unfortunately, the death of many of their own people, some of their own families, maybe. Would you say they have post-traumatic stress disorder? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. right? I mean, they're not only far from their loved ones, but their homeland's been devastated. Mm-hmm. Jason? I was thinking along the lines of the temple, you know, the worship, mm-hmm. you know, and their, you know, ability to be able to come to the Lord in his house. You know, mm-hmm. that's not, you know, the situation. Ah, now. because, yeah, that's where God's presence exactly. dwelt, right? Yeah. right? And they can't come to the temple because mm-hmm. it's been destroyed, destroyed right? Yes, uh, yes, Travis? 
I was just going to say, sometimes we don't realize the blessings we have until they're taken away. And I think they were looking back at the temple and God's intercession for them and Jerusalem and just weeping at what they had, um, right. you know, not t- what, what they had not, what they take it for granted. Okay. Mm. Well, I think we'd agree there's lots of reasons yeah. they had right. to weep. Mm-hmm. Sean? I was going to say it makes sense that they're weeping by this river. Think about it. Mm. Everything they've known, mm. everything they've ever loved, every happy memory they've ever had took place in their homeland right and now that's taken from them Mm. and so they're they're now in this new land struggling how do we stay faithful to our god Mm. now that everything we've known has been taken away from us Mm. and they're seeking the lord for solace in that right Mm. maybe someone's watching hope sabbath school today and you're a displaced person Mm -hmm. because of war and you say i i know what that weeping is like right right I don't even know where some of my loved ones are, if they're Mm. even alive, and my homeland's been devastated. Um, Let's go to verse 2. Scott, could you read verses 2 and 3 of this inspired scripture song? We know they're sitting down by the rivers of Babylon. We know that they're uh, trying to sing the Lord's song in a foreign land. But let's read verses 2 and 3. Okay, and I'm reading from the uh, New King James. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Mm. So, Stephanie, I have a question, and uh, Leo, I'll give you a chance to pitch in, too, see what you think here. Do you think they really want to hear one of the Mm. songs of Zion, or are they just mocking... Mm. Uh, these uh, prisoners of war, mm-hmm. or maybe have they come to respect them? Like we're going to mm-hmm. learn about some of these became highly respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they? Are there some actually wanting to hear, uh, or both? What do you think? I think there could be a mix, but I know if I was asked to sing a song of Zion and I was in captivity, mm-hmm. I would not feel like singing the song of Zion because I'm mm-hmm. not there. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would be difficult. It would be. Leah, what do you think? What do you do you think there were some maybe who actually maybe were seeking more than they had in Babylon and they saw something or do you think they were just mocking these uh, exiles? The way that it reads in the text sounds very mocking to me. Um, I think when you do evil, your heart desires more and more evil. So now that, you know, they've committed this horrible thing of taking these people from their native land, they kind of want the justification of, you know, sing us a song. We want it. We want to hear how mm. how tormented you are about what we've done. Just kind of receiving that the gratification of of hearing the weeping, which is horrible. Mm. Um, and I imagine the, the people just being absolutely devastated and, you know, hanging up their instruments. Wow. You know, I think I think Leah makes a good point because it says those who plundered us yeah. requested some right. cheerful songs. Right. Uh, that that seems like a, an added mm. insult of or course. abuse. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, Scott. You know, I'm thinking of these songs are called songs of Zion, right? Which is a, a specialized term for Jerusalem. It makes me think of the Psalms of Ascent. Where, where they would sing it as they went up to Jerusalem in celebration for these feasts. Mm. And they now, 
now they're in captivity, not just because of some random reason, but because they've forsaken God. So they've lost a lot of their, on their own. And now they're being told, hey, remember that time when you joyfully sang on your way to Jerusalem? Yeah, why don't you have that same joy? How can we have that when, right. we, when we know that we've lost something because of, mm-hmm. of our own sin? And, and we've lost it now, and we don't see any hope of ever getting it back. Mm-hmm. So just pause for a moment from that ancient story, which happened, what, more than 2,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Tell us if maybe you could help us as we think about how, how does that challenge of singing the Lord's song back then relate to singing the Lord's song in a sin-ravaged world today? I think there's so much brokenness and suffering that we see in our own individual lives and our families, our neighborhoods, our communities, and in the world at large, that it can almost feel like it can be hard to have hope sometimes. Um, And so the hope and joy of singing a song, especially if it's a song of Zion, that can be hard to do for those of us who are either in the midst of such brokenness or see that brokenness happening around us. Maybe the most important outcome of Pui, I see your hand raised, and then Nick, Nicholas, I see you too. Uh, Maybe the most important outcome of our study today is learning how we can sing the Lord's song that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, in, in captivity or in a foreign land because, because something happens when we sing the Lord's song, right? Puya. I was going to say this compares the situation of the world being taken captive by the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we'll come later as to why we are here and that right. story. Right. But in the big picture, in a sense, we're also, this planet has been taken captive by the enemy and we live in a foreign land where Mm. the rule of God Mm. is not the supreme law of the land anymore. Mm. That's what makes it difficult. Nicholas, what, what, uh, what are your thoughts about singing the Lord's song now with all of the sin and, and suffering and death around us? Yes, we know that singing the Lord's song can be difficult in seeing the hardships of the world. But I think what is interesting is that this verse that's talking about how it's hard to sing is in fact a song. (laughs) That's true. And so we know that God has songs for us to sing at times when we may not even feel like singing. And I'm reminded of a verse in Acts. Would you like to read it for us? Yes, we'll go to Acts chapter 16. Verses, uh, verse 25. Okay, give us a moment Acts, to find that. Acts chapter absolutely. 16 and verse 25. And this is talking about Paul and Silas on their missionary journey. They were imprisoned in Philippi. And it says in Acts 16, 25, I'm reading in the New King James Version. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> so I think one of the reasons it's so important for us to sing is even though we're in this captivity, we're in this prison, our fellow prisoners are listening to us. Mm. And they see that something's different because wow. we have a hope that's in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. That's the power of us singing the songs of God even in this 
sinful world. Amen. Amen. It's a powerful insight. Well, I've always known that the prisoners in Philippi were listening, but when we sing the Lord's song, yeah. mm-hmm. other prisoners are listening to us, right? Yeah. Very powerful. Yes. Uh, I see several hands raised, Travis and then Chelsea. One thing I was thinking about of these prisoners is how they must have felt. I'm thinking back to David in Psalm 51, that his sins were ever before him. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking at this time, they had felt abandoned by God. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Satan does the same thing to us sometimes when we fall into sin, um, that we get that feeling like our sins are before us and like, how could God ever take us back? And Satan is right mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. to say, sing now. Sing your praises now, but we have to remember um, that, that when we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just, and we can sing. Yeah. No, I just praise. had an epiphany, and then I'll come to Chelsea. Maybe at the same time the enemy is saying, mocking, sing the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the same time the Spirit is saying, sing, sing the song. <laughs> That's right. Boy, yeah. because, because something will happen, even though the enemy's mocking. Does that make sense, Chelsea? I really appreciate what Nicholas mentioned as far as the psalm here in itself is a song, even as it talks about how challenging it was for um, the people of Judah and and Jerusalem to sing the song. Mm -hmm. It it reminds me of how throughout the psalms, there are also psalms of lament, right? Mm -hmm. Songs that help um, people process their grief. And even though we live in a a broken world, a foreign land where we're um, under the captivity of sin, Mm -hmm. and there's a very real grief, there's a very real sadness Mm -hmm. that can make it challenging to have joy. There's a power when I come in my grief and my sadness and lament Mm. and, and have this song to God that expresses exactly how I feel, mm-hmm. and knowing that God meets me in the midst of that lament can be comforting. Yes. And one of the things we've noticed, I want to come now to what God said about why they're there and why we're here, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the things we've noticed in many of the songs of lament even, these scripture songs, is they, they, they a lot of them end up by going, but Lord, you have been my shelter. Yes. It, it's like they're processing, as Chelsea said, they're processing mm-hmm. very real grief. Right. They're weeping, mm-hmm. and yet and yet their eyes are turned. It's almost like the Spirit is saying, yes. sing the Lord's song, yes. right? Yes. Sing the Lord's song. Let, let's transition to a comment that we made here, and uh, maybe someone without reading a lengthy passage. I've, I've got Second Chronicles 36 as one example. But someone could summarize, why were the children of Israel in captivity? Mm-hmm. Was it just because a foreign power decided no. to take their land. No. Uh, well, foreign powers had tried to take their land other times, Haiti, right? I think of uh, times when whole armies were decimated, the Lord delivered them. But why are the, the people of Judah, during the time of the 6th century BC, or end of the 7th, beginning of the 6th century, why are they taken captive? So they had... Uh, disobeyed the Lord's commandments is the sinful answer. Mm. He had told them to not worship other gods, to not worship idols, and they had taken on the gods of the lands surrounding them, the surrounding nations, and he had sent them a warning like a parent saying, I told you not to do this, (laughs) and um, you're doing it, and if you keep Mm. on, I'm going to have to punish you. So Mm. stop doing it, 
just like you would to, to a little child, but they just continued. And no matter how many warnings he gave them, they continued to transgress that law. They also, the prophet Jeremiah says that they were not keeping the Sabbath. They were defiling the temple. The leaders were corrupt. The people were corrupt. And eventually God did have to punish them. As, and it, he made it very clear to them that he would do this, that he would allow them to be taken captive by um, another nation. But mm. praise God, he would return them. Mm. That's right. The same Amen. prophet Jeremiah said mm -hmm. that after 70 years, That's right. they would be brought back, right? Yeah, right. Puya, do you want to add to that? Yes. One way of looking at this is the punishment of God in sending them away into captivity. But another way of looking at this is not as a punishment, right. but as a way to bring them back mm. to exactly Him. Mm -hmm. I've, I've read one author write it this way, uh, if the only way for God to get you back is to let you go, He'll let you go so mm. that He can get you back to Him. Mm. Wow. Right? So it could be that God allowed them to go into captivity so right. that they can have a wake-up call mm -hmm. right. and, and realize the blessings of being in the presence of God yes. without any you know, uh, captivators, you know, in, in the foreign land. Uh, I'm thinking while Puy is talking of the father of the prodigal son who lets him go, right. Right. but is praying every day and looking yes. for him to come back. Right. right? Sean? Yes, I love what my brother Puya was just saying there. The, the reality of the situation is when God judges or disciplines, he takes no delight in that. Mm. He's not being vindictive. He's not trying to be cruel. He is trying to direct his children back to the way they should go. Okay. He exhausted every other option first. Mm. But the reality is this. Sometimes we only look at heaven when we're flat on our back. Mm. And God had to let them get there by their own choice. But the moment they turned to him, they found out he was still turned to his people. I, I love that. Mm. that constant reminder of the immeasurable unfailing love of God. Amen. But they killed many of his prophets, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that he sent. Travis? I like in, in Second Chronicles um, in a verse or in chapter 36, in verse 15 it says that he had compassion on them. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 16, um, it says there was there was no other, there was no remedy. Mm. So I think as, as Puya and, and others have been talking, mm. it's like even through the captivity, God had compassion on them. Yes. There was really no other way he could rectify the situation. Mm. Mm. So tell me, you talked about we have sinned, but there were righteous men and women mm. who were taken as prisoners of war too, right? Mm. Who were faithful and purposed in their hearts, mm. yeah. even in captivity to honor God. Mm. Who comes to mind, Jason, as some of those righteous individuals? In captivity, would it be um, like Daniel? All right, that's a good one. Anyone want to add another one? Hananiah. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, known by their Babylonian names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow down. They didn't compromise. So, doesn't that seem a little unfair? But what about in the world today? Do we suffer because of the evil of people around us? Yes. Even if we're seeking to honor God? Right. Jason. And I was thinking about the lines that... Uh, 
that's been drawn, you know, as far as, you know, it looked upon as being a punishment, but also, as you bring up these righteous individuals, they're used in this particular captivity to be a witness mm. to the foreign nations. Right. We're supposed to sing the song so the other prisoners exactly, can hear, right? Exactly, exactly. Yep. Well, I want to answer the question that Puya asked because the, we know how, how the children of Israel ended up in captivity. Mm. But what about the planet as a whole? Someone mm-hmm. may be watching Hope Sabbath School today mm-hmm. and saying, how do we get here? Uh, Leah, I'm wondering if you could read for us. I believe that the Apostle Paul uh, very concisely answers that mm-hmm. question in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. How do we get into this foreign land where we We are challenged and yet blessed to sing the Lord's song. Sure. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, Romans 5, verses 12 to 4. Therefore, just as sin comes into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spreads to all men because all have sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So it mentions Adam. Thank you, Leah. It mentions Adam several times. Uh, and people go, you're kidding me, right? Like the mythological Adam and Eve. But actually, the Bible speaks of that as a true story, right? Where do we learn more about how we got into the mess of being in a foreign sin-ravaged land? The book is called the book of beginnings, right? Right. Sean, could you read for us? Yes. Genesis chapter 3. Sometimes, you know, especially those of us who study the Bible, we go, I've heard that before, but someone may be hearing for the very first time. They say, I just don't understand. In fact, I heard a testimony just yesterday from a very educated person who saw all of the evil happening in the world Mm. and said, there must be a God because there's a battle going on here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. That God could use even (laughs) the bad things that are happening to say, there must be more going on here. Mm -hmm. We call it the great controversy Mm -hmm. between good and evil. And let's see how that impacts the planet. Genesis 3, beginning with verse 1, Sean. Yes, and would you like me to read to verse 8? Read through to verse 8 if you would. Yes, I'll be reading Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, using the New King James Version. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good 
and evil. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves mm. from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So God who wants to be with them, and they're running from Him. Mm -hmm. They're running from Him. This is the story. Now, mm. who is that, that snake who calls God a liar? The book of Revelation says it's Satan. You're right. In Revelation 12, oh. verse 9, right? right? That old serpent mm -hmm. called the devil, devil and Satan, Satan or the, the opposer, right? Mm -hmm. He, he literally says, God is a liar. Yeah. Wow. Right? This is the great controversy. Puya? Yes, I just want to add that the core issue of sin is uh, challenging the question of the character of God. Yes. Mm. Right? Satan is trying to paint a picture of an say, uh, a distorted view of the character of God, you know, God Keeping something from us. Right. He, he doesn't really want you to be happy. That's mm -hmm. why he's, mm -hmm. you know, putting this boundary. Mm. And today, I believe that's the same approach that the enemy continues to use mm. in trying to distort our view of God. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Jesus, when He comes, the Son of God comes into humanity. We call that the incarnation, right? Mm. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus says that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. Mm. Mm. But here, the devil, in the form of a serpent, is calling God the liar. Mm. Daniela, help us. There's no right answer, but give us one of the answers. What were some of the consequences of listening to Satan's lie for Adam, Eve, for his family? Um the consequences yeah. of like sin in general for I them like, what what, oh, for what them. how did it change them well it created a side of like a type of boundary or like a border between them and god okay they and feeling they, they feel naked okay they feel yeah. naked they no longer had this like companionship with god they feel like they were there's a distance so so this separation mm -hmm. from god mm -hmm. i think the bible speaks of sin as separation mm -hmm. right yes uh what what else do you see in the story anybody uh stephanie well, I was just thinking that their son was killed mm -hmm. as a result of... One of their sons the murdered the other son mm -hmm. in Genesis 4, right? But even before that, right, right after mm -hmm. they've supposedly done this wonderful thing, believing the lie of Satan, what do you see, Puya? Just based on the text that we read earlier, uh, death comes into this world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, even though God's original plan was for humanity to thrive and mm. flourish without mm. ever having to go through pain, suffering, mm. or death. But the ultimate result of disobedience or listening to the enemy is you're separated from the source of life. Right. 
Yes. Uh, if we read all of chapter 3, and we're not, because this isn't a study just on the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the Psalms right here, and we're talking about singing the Lord's song in a strange land. But immediately after they sin, yeah. mm-hmm. having loved each other perfectly, mm-hmm. how do they start reacting, Chelsea? So... Even though chapter two talks about, you know, they were naked and unashamed, they were able to have this holistic intimacy with each other, Mm -hmm. as well as with God and their face-to-face interaction with him. Mm -hmm. When they um, sin against God, they realize they're naked, they hide from each other through sewing these fig leaf coverings. And they also, when God is the one who's seeking them in the garden, they hide from him. When he asks them what happens, they blame each other. Oh, there we go. Let's start blaming each other, shall we? Uh, Having loved each other perfectly, this dislocation, both from God and from each other, we could take a long time, but I'm going to ask Nicholas if you would read. We're going to go back to the Psalms here, to Psalm 74, verse 20, because actually as you read the early books of the Bible, you see the devastating consequences yeah. of believing Satan's lie. How does the psalmist Asaph describe those devastating consequences in Psalm 74, verse 20, Nicholas? Psalm 74:20, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. We see in verse 20, Have respect to the covenant, for the dark places of earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Oh. The dark places of the earth mm-hmm. are full of the haunts of cruelty. Wow. Mm. Jason, you grew up in Chicago, didn't you? Correct. <laughs> Were there some uh, dark places in, in the city of Chicago, yeah, would you I'll, say? I'll have to say, yes. Mm. Definitely, yeah. Anybody else grow up in places where there were some dark places? Mm. You don't have to go to a city for that, do you? There are dark places everywhere. Trailer Park has darkness. (laughs) Yeah. There are families where there are dark places, Mm -hmm. right? Sin has impacted so many. Mm. Let's, Let's look, Scott, if you could read Psalm 88. Sometimes we get a little discouraged when we see all of the sin-ravaged things around us, whether it's in our own family or when we go to work or mm. in nature or wars and rumors of wars. Let's, let's hear the testimony of the sons of Korah in Psalm 88. Uh, let's look at verses 1 to 5. All right, and I'll be reading the New King James. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to the grave. I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead, like the, strength, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more and who are cut off from your hand. Mm. Wow. Has anybody else felt like that? Anybody here felt like that? Mm. Who you? This reminds me of uh, like my cry, my cries to God as I witnessed the suffering in my home country, Myanmar. Mm. Uh, I grew up in uh, Myanmar and we lived under military dictatorship mm. where we didn't have much freedom. And things mm. began to get better, but recently the situation turned around again and a lot of 
my countrymen have had to flee as refugees mm. and suffer because of the military coup. And my own families have had to flee mm -hmm. as refugees. And when you witness the sufferings of this world, of course, the, I believe the same question that the, the authors of these Psalms are asking is, like, God, right? You are a good God, but how come there's so much evil in the world? Mm -hmm. I think that's the question that a lot of people are asking still today. How can you believe in a loving God mm. if you see so much evil in the world? Mm. And what, what answer would you give them? It's not an easy answer, is it? It's not an easy answer, but at the end of the day, as we have pointed out, to if we remember this big picture, great controversy, mm -hmm. right. uh, picture that the Bible paints to us, it gives us some sense of uh, like hope that there is uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel that this is not the end. Yes. Mm. Maybe even the courage to sing the Lord's song. <laughs> right? Yes. In a foreign land. Hmm. I we we could look at many stories that that show how devastating sin is, but. But you've, you've brought it to your home, right? You've felt it close by. Has anyone else felt it close by? Jason? I felt it close by. Um, I was in the military at one point in time, and now I work at an installation, and I see what war has done. You know, individuals coming back with, uh, you know, not their limbs, you know, surgeries, multiple surgeries. And I sit there and I look, and I'm like, man, you know, that could have been me. Mm -hmm. Or to the point where, like, I wonder how their families are taking it, you know, how the individual is taking it because they lost something, you know. And so it really puts me in that perspective, like, man, oh, Lord, how long, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. Anybody else want to share? Yes, Chelsea. You say, this is depressing. Actually, that's why we need to learn to sing the Lord's song. Amen. Right? Which is, turn your eyes upon Jesus and let the things of earth grow strangely, strangely dim. Chelsea? I think of how, um, for me and for many people within my sphere of influence, there are so many who struggle with loneliness, which almost becomes ironic in a day and age where we're so easily connected to each other through technology mm -hmm. um, and yet there remains so much this prevalent a feeling of isolation that so many people experience and this desire to want to have deep community with others but not really feeling like they have that and so that loneliness kind of feels like for many going down to the pit right mm -hmm. where they feel like they're cut off from other people and maybe even cut off from God because of, they, yeah. th because of their feelings of loneliness. Sure, sure. So let's go back to this ancient scripture song written, uh, we'd say, 2,600 years ago, maybe, after the, they've been taken into captivity. We don't know the exact date. We're not sure, except it was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But I want to come back to Psalm 137, verse 4, uh, which talks about singing the Lord's song, just to remind us of that wording. Travis, could you read Psalm 137, verse 4 again? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? So, anybody help me, and I don't know that there is, a, a Bible text just flashed into my mind, mm. uh, which isn't in our outline, but uh, we'll come to that. What is the Lord's song that we are invited to sing? Mm. It, it was a song that maybe the K 
captives were teasing them, sing the songs, like Scott said, of celebration when you came to the temple. But, but then the Lord's also saying, don't, don't forget to sing the Lord's song. And what is that song and, and what is it for us today? Anybody, what, what do you think? Haiti, I see your hand. What, what do you think the Lord's song is that we're encouraged to sing? This is a really difficult um, thing, a difficult topic, because we see so much pain in our world and suffering, and we experience firsthand so much pain and suffering. But the Lord's song is a call to faithfulness, despite the pain, mm -hmm. the suffering, the trials and the tribulations that we experience and that we see around us. It's a call to say, I still praise you, Lord, but God, it's the call to mm. say that, but God, all these things are happening, but God is still there. God is still mm. on his throne and God will still have the victory in the end. Mm. So uh, the Lord's song, is it a song the Lord gives us or is it a song about the Lord? Yeah. What, all what of the is, above. All, all of the above, above. Travis, uh, Sean. I was thinking if we as Christians are to proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're quoting 1 Peter 2 verse 9. Then that's what our song should be about. Okay, so the Lord's song is who the Lord is and what he's done for us. Right. That's right, yeah. Sean, what do you think? Well, Travis kind of stole what I was going <laughs> to <Okay>. say. <laughs> but uh, to put maybe some different words, it's a song that God was good to me in the past. Mm. I know God is good to me now, right. and God will be good to me in the future. Mm. You know, the, the, you, we've been asking the question, why do we sing these songs when we're in the strange land? It's because we're not going to be in the strange land forever. Mm -hmm. And it's as we sing these songs that we gain the eternal friend when we're lonely. We gain the comfort when we are hurting. It's a song that reinvigorates us. Right. That's why we must sing that song. Mm -hmm. I was uh, converted when I was 18 years old, working at a British bank, and the scripture that God used was a 3,000-year-old scripture song. Amen. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined His ear to me. Amen. Mm. Amen. Lifted me up mm -hmm. out of the pit, <laughs> pit, yeah. out of the miry clay. Right set my feet on a new path, Hallelujah. and this is the text that flashed into my mind, and gave me a new song to sing mm. of praises to our God. Amen. Amen. So maybe this song, mm -hmm. Stephanie, maybe this song is unique. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that for each one of us. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's a testimony of what I've been through, and yet my eyes are not focused there. It's mm. on the faithfulness of God in the mm -hmm. past right. and what I expect and anticipate He will do in the future. Mm -hmm. So think about during the, we're going to give you a chance to share your song at the end. <laughs> don't have to sing, you know, but, but what's your testimony of the goodness of God, mm. the mercy of God? But how did, we, we mentioned Daniel, and you mentioned Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, mm. later called Shadrach, mm. Meshach, and Abednego. Um, how did they sing the Lord's song mm. in the foreign land? 
Uh, anybody? Leah, do you know? How did, let's take Daniel, for example. Yes. How did Daniel sing? He was a teenager. If I understand the text correctly, he was castrated when he got there. Yeah. He was under the rule of the chief of the eunuchs. This was a tough experience for him. And yet he chose to sing the Lord's song. How, did, how do you see him from your knowledge of the Bible, especially the book of Daniel? How does he choose to sing the Lord's song? By being a witness. Um, there's an old song, Dare to be a Daniel, and it just speaks about using your life as a testimony for God and the things that he will do through you and has done through you. Um, and I love that Stephanie used the word testimony. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go to Revelation 12 for a second. You can. Where in verse okay. 12 would you like to go? Chapter, uh, chapter 12, 12, sorry. Chapter 12. Um, verse 11. Verse 11. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for letting the Holy Spirit guide you in, in reading because I, I, I think I hear what you're about to read. In the English Standard Version, Revelation 12, verse 11 says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even until death. So you're reinforcing, Leah, thank you for that text. Leah is reinforcing for us what you said, Stephanie, that each of us, when we sing the Lord's song, it is our unique mm -hmm. testimony. Yes. And uh, some of the things Daniel chose to do were not defile himself, yeah. eating food offered to idols yeah. and intoxicating drink, yeah. uh, not, bow, not, not uh, stopping praying. Mm -hmm. I don't know where he was on the, when they went to the plain of Dura, but his three friends chose not to what? Right. Bow, bow down bow. to a golden idol. Mm -hmm. So that was part of their song, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, Stephanie? I think it's interesting that that text that Leah brought up, because it is talking about that testimony that gave them power to overcome, it gave them the experience so that they could trust God for the future. So for those who don't know, uh, Sean, maybe you can help us because you mentioned Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Some people may not know the story recorded in Daniel 3. Um, how... How did these three young men, friends of Daniel, they were also uh, traumatized. They were suffering from, from losing yeah. their freedom and their vitality. Mm -hmm. But they, how, how did they choose to sing the Lord's song yeah. in that strange land? They chose to sing the Lord's song by the way they lived their life. Mm -hmm. The context of the story is simple. Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar gets arrogant builds a statue for himself for them to bow down to. And while all the nation does so, they refuse. They get confronted and they tell all of the king and his people, our God can save us. But even if he will not, mm -hmm. we will not bow down to that image. And it's that faithfulness they then saw God indeed did deliver them in the fiery furnace. <laughs> so it was actually by... Tell us what happened in the fiery furnace. <laughs> you know, we're like, we know, but maybe someone doesn't know. Right, right. So what happens is the, the, the king and all of them, they, they get it burning hot. They throw the three in there thinking they'll be incinerated. And then they look inside and they see one like the son of man mm -hmm. in there with them. Mm -hmm. right? One like one of the gods, I believe, is how the Old Testament writes it. And we see God walk with them and protect them in that situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And by the way, if you didn't think the fire was hot, the soldiers right. who throw them in die. Yeah. <laughs> Superheated air. Yeah. So they die, mm -hmm. but 
but th these, you know, I wonder if they were singing, you know, I don't know. Uh, they, they could have known this song, mm -hmm. Oh, yes. give thanks to the Lord, call Lord. upon His name. Yes. Right? That would have been composed mm. about 400 years earlier. Make known His deeds among the people. Yes. Aren't they doing that? Yes, yes. yes. exactly. Yes. Sing to Him, sing psalms to Him, talk of all His wondrous works. Mm. They had a testimony. Yes. Mm. And we do too. And after Chelsea's comment, I want to give a few minutes for you to share mm. because someone's going to say, wow, that's just like me. And, and you mean I can sing the Lord's song <laughs> even in this? Some people would call it a God forsaken land. That's the mm. devil's lie. It is not a God forsaken that's land. That's right. That's God right. is here with us, isn't he? That's right. Chelsea. You know, it's interesting, we we're talking about singing the Lord's song in a foreign land, and maybe for some people that's a literal song, or for others it's a kind of metaphorical song. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself how sometimes a song just gets stuck in my head, mm -hmm. even though I, I might have listened to it, or I might not have listened to it recently, but it just kind of comes up and it just repeats over and over in my mind. And it reminds me of this idea of singing the Lord's song, whether a, a literal song or a metaphorical song, this sense of this repeated almost anthem mm. in one's hearts that you bring before you that kind of plays on repeats of mm. again like whether it's this testimony or just this w whatever leads me to god's faithfulness that plays on repeat in my mind and my mm. heart mm. um I, I wonder if that can help me continue to sing the lord's song mm. in in a foreign land it really, you know, it is a miracle that we can sing the Lord's song, but I want to give you an opportunity to share. Sometimes my wife has to tell me, Daniela, stop singing that over and over again. <laughs> oh, I love this song about the goodness of God. You know, all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. And she says, you don't have to keep singing that, but maybe I have to sing it silently, right? But, but it's meaningful when we find a song it, it, we may not compose it but because we feel ah that's sharing my story you know mm. with every breath i'm able yeah. i will sing of the goodness of god mm -hmm. haiti i want to hear from you and then someone here in the studio um, your song your lord so, the lord's song in your life so I have many songs that the Lord has given me, but this is actually someone else's song. This is a song of a friend of mine. Um, her daughter actually sadly passed away a few years ago. Mm -hmm. She got cancer. The Lord um, healed her, but it came back and then she didn't survive the second time. Mm -hmm. And when she knew she was dying, she had the opportunity to um, plan her funeral in advance. And she selected this song that just touched my heart so much. And I just want to uh, share the lyrics. It says, I will sing of God's mercy mm. every day, every hour. He gives me power. I will sing and give thanks to him for all the dangers, toils and snares that he has brought me out. Mm. He is my God and I'll serve him no matter what the test. Trust and never doubt. Mm. Jesus will surely bring you out. Mm. He mm. never failed me yet. And that just moved me Amen. to tears when Amen. I heard that because she knew she was dying and leaving this earthly world behind and her family, her spouse, her children. Mm. And for her to say those words, that, that just um, filled me with hope and peace and trust in God. Amen. 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 Mm. 
declaring the praises, mm -hmm. Travis, of Him who called us out of darkness mm -hmm. into His marvelous light. Mm -hmm. Right? Anybody else want to share uh, the Lord's song that He's given to you? Mm -hmm. Chelsea, got to be short, by the way. Yeah. You just got about two minutes left. Yeah, just I, I think of um, um, a number of years ago, I struggled with an eating disorder, and it was a very, very challenging time for me for a number of years. And in the midst of it, I didn't actually know if it was ever going to get better. Mm. Um, but God delivered me from it to the point where... Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> That's like pretty powerful right there. Yeah. And you're willing to give that testimony someone watching might find right. hope. Yeah, and, and it's to the point where it almost feels like a lifetime ago that I ever struggled mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. And that um, this song that the Lord gives me is again this idea of His faithfulness that mm -hmm. even when it seems like it's hardest and hardest to have hope, really there there can be a light on the other side. Mm -hmm. To the point where once I finally get there, it's almost just like, wow, I was in that dark tunnel. I almost totally forgot because God, again, called me out of that darkness mm -hmm. into His marvelous light. Amen. And He gave you a new song to sing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And for those of you on the back row, Chelsea was smiling while she was sharing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm coming out of that tunnel, uh, coming out of the darkness mm -hmm. into the marvelous light. Well, maybe you have a testimony. We could keep going for another hour. But we'd like to hear your testimony of the Lord's song that He's given to you. It will encourage not only us, but Hope Sabbath School members around the world, I'm sure, as we share the Lord's song from our personal experience. You can write to us. Take a note. SS Hope at hopetv.org. Share, you say, Derek, you don't need to hear. Actually, we do, and you know what? It brings praise to God Hallelujah. when we sing the Lord's song in a strange land. And if you have that testimony, don't just write to SS Hope at hopetv.org. Share that testimony with others. Don't believe the devil's lie that you cannot sing the Lord's song. Mm but sing the Lord's song of His mercy and His grace to you and His saving power. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the reminder from this ancient scripture song. We don't even know for sure who wrote it under the inspiration of the Spirit, but the challenge to sing the Lord's song in a foreign land. May we not be ashamed to testify of the goodness of God and His mercy. May lives around us be blessed, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. He's given you a new song to sing. So sing the Lord's song. Don't keep it to yourself. Go out and share His song with those around you.